man. What? So what do we got? Are we? Should we? Should we set it off? Set it. Fuck off. Sure. Oh, oh yeah. Up, 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 up. Run it back. Rewind. Selector. Pull up on the art theme. Pull up on the art theme. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's tinkering. Tinkering with the volume. I can't hear myself. Oh. Where'd I go? I can't feel my face. Little. Ah, uh, yeah. He's nipple twisting. Buff's nipple twisting. Wee! <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah. Okay. Ah. All right. Yeah, don't mind me. Are. I'm just over here working the knobs. Yeah, all right. All right. Yo. Beautiful day in the Delaware Valley. How about this weather? Not bad at all. It's uh, glorious. Glorious. Yo, it's Ard. I'm Mike Lobezy. I'm Dirty South Joe. I'm Michael Flufftronics. Recording out here at the stage at the Punchline Theater. We're here for another week to talk to you about our DJ lives, our music lives, from the lens of people who've, uh, we've been doing this for a minute now. Collectively, uh... 420 years of collective uh, DJ experience here in the room. And much like Drake sitting atop the Toronto pointy thing, (laughs) we have views and we'd like to share them. Views. (laughs) Views from the 215. What's up with Toronto, man? Them terrible fans booing and uh, cheering an injury. I mean, at first, I think it was just like an immediate impulse and then immediately like Kyle Lowry. I I kid. I kid the fans. I mean, well, that's what. My joke on uh, on social media was like that. I wouldn't expect people who just got into sports in the last decade to know not to blow an injury. <laughs> well, it's not hockey. Let's just say it's not hockey. But I'm going to say this. But that's the thing, right? God, God. bless you, KD. I am a big uh, KD. I'm not going to say hater, but in a pro wrestling kind of way, I'm a KD hater. But to see a guy go down like that, right? Situation like that, and it to be an Achilles, which could be like, damn, might miss the whole next season mm. type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like they were saying today, like only one player has truly ever really come back from like a, a an Achilles injury to really play at the level they were before. And that, and was, that was actually Achilles himself. That was Achilles himself. No, it was actually Dominique Wilkins, and that's mm-hmm. a long freaking time ago in basketball talk. Yeah. So I, like, I remember it. So it has to be from a long time ago because I have not paid attention since the uh, Bulls dynasty came to an end. That's quite a while ago, Michael. Yep. Yeah. So, but that that's what my joke was kind of in the form of. It is natural to cheer an injury because your initial gut reaction is, this is good for my team, right? right? But the more mature as a sports fan you get and you have, like, sports old heads and you, like, learn, like, that's not Apparently that's this, this, this And this is from a Philadelphia sports fan. <laughs> Which is, we know about <laughs> being classless. I yeah. Mean, we've uh, got a reputation. Hey, man, we, we save our booze and flying projectiles for Jimmy Johnson bad halftime shows, and our own team when they're underperforming. But we, we, the only injury we, I remember cheering was Michael Irvin. Not me personally, but the but, fans. Yeah. And dude, he was a shit talker, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Michael Irvin, like, we hated him. So that's kind of the one where it's like, hey, buddy. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of brought this. Not Still not excusing it, but, right. like, dude. he but, and, and, you know, we were also cheering because we knew, like, this was going to be his breaking point. That his wake up call to get off drugs and alcohol, so we were happy because we knew this would be a moment of growth for him. You think everybody was thinking that far? Into I think it? the whole stadium 
was saying like this is better for Michael. This is in the long run. This is great, and that is why we're cheering. This you is tough love, injured. Michael. Irvin, yeah, even yeah. though we fucking this hate is, you, you this Dallas is, it feels bad now, but years later you're going to look back on this, and it's going to be the greatest moment of it's your such life. Such an advanced take on like bad Philly so, sports fan behavior. Yeah, I mean we get a bad rap, but really we're just thinking long long term. We're kind of like more. Yeah, we're we're more down the road with. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah, and the uh, the batteries that was really just like. Uh, Hey, you're gonna run out of energy at some point. Right. And it also might have been actually, your electronics like, are gonna I need heard, to be charged. Yeah, exactly. And like, I yeah. and I think remote at controls, the time, Xbox controllers, like all of those things need batteries. And I think at the time, uh, the Doracell company was practicing some really poor, uh, really poor treatment of their workers. So it was actually a protest. He was also crossing the picket line by uh, giving kids Duracell batteries with their. Batteries not included. Right, gifts. exactly. Hey, so it was really just a. Were you guys ever members? The batteries weren't included for a reason. Were you guys ever members of the Radio Shack <laughs> Battery of the Month Club? Because I was for years. Did you know about that? No, but I'm sure they tried to get me to sign up for it every time I bought a quarter inch adapter. Yeah, but when you're like a kid, a Radio Shack Battery of the Month Club was really really cool because you just you get a free battery once a month when you get your little card stamp. You throw it at a passerby. I don't know, but you needed batteries more. Back <laughs> no, the Philly there. version was the spent battery a month club. <laughs> that could power your handheld football game where the one blip runs left to right. The incident of my youth that got us on national TV was the Jimmy Johnson snowball incident. They played at the at Veteran Stadium after a snowstorm, and they did not do a very good job of cleaning up the snow in the stands. And you can watch this on YouTube, uh, the Eagles started losing and uh, people just started lighting up the Cowboys with snowballs <laughs> to the point where they had Jimmy Johnson needed to be like rushed off the field at halftime. And there's just hints, like pictures of him like getting pelted with snowballs <laughs> and like his perfectly quaffed hair like remains still. And it's just like, <laughs> and he's like being covered with like the, uh, the playbook lit uh, laminates you know that yeah, they, they yeah. call and there's, there's just like dudes escorting him into the thing are you finding this would it be the 1989 bounty bowl too uh it's around that time oh, that was the bounty ball where buddy ryan gave the players extra money if they injured one of the cowboys <laughs> Wrong, wrong game. But, but uh, no, it's around that notable. era. People talk about the dude. The Dallas Eagles shit was like nothing like it was back then, because Dallas was actually really good. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's uh, it's kind of funny that I'm searching for Eagles snowball fight, and I'm coming across multiple, multiple. videos <laughs> yeah. that aren't the one you're talking about. Um, <laughs> it's around. It's definitely around that '89 era. But anyway, real yeah, quick, back to those. Uh, back to those. Uh, those we we're not on YouTube yet. So. Those Toronto fans, they mm-hmm. did chant like kd 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 like when he was like leaving like yeah, in, they, in a very like uh-huh god bless you kind of yeah, yeah you know what i mean like they they learned in that moment how to handle an injury i feel like it's like, how it went you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like the gut reaction and then it's like nah that's not cool and then and then and then the the denouement well shit close closing that chapter there's a page six article dj Khaled planning monster lawsuit against billboard chart do you think that Assad is going to grow up and be proud of this moment? This is the album that Assad, this is probably the second album that Assad has executive produced because he did. But this is the first one that he's on the cover of that is called the, you know, the father of Assad. So I feel like Assad, like, do you think Assad was maybe more behind the idea of the lawsuit than Khaled? Do you think he was probably the one that was more upset that he wasn't number one? 
Do you think Assad knows what bundles are and how they affect the music industry these days? Well, explain explain that. A bundle is when these, uh, I mean, they're doing anything to sell. First of all, everything is streaming these days. The only people buying downloads are probably dumb DJs like ourselves. Like mm-hmm. people are not buying downloadable songs right. at one twenty nine each for ten for ten dollars. When a month, people are streaming everything, so now it's not even just about selling physical copies bundled up with like t-shirts and stuff. But that is part of it. But it's also about bundling every all kinds of stuff. And apparently, yeah, DJ Khaled charts now. He had yeah. permission in the beginning. They said that he had some bundled thing going on with some energy drink. Mm-hmm. But they were encouraging people to buy multiple fucking copies of this thing because it would have counted for multiple copies of album sales or or whatever and so basically he says he got they he got ripped off of a hundred thousand album sales and they said yeah your numbers were kind of funny and meanwhile like so he had a bundle for some energy drinks but so did tyler the creator's album which was number one but the tyler creator album was bundled up with tyler the creator t-shirts and merchandise and he already has a successful clothing line as well as like signs like yard signs that said like vote Igor or something like that. Um, but anyway, they 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 counted the ones from Tyler. They didn't count the ones from Khaled. Khaled says that's some BS, and now he's going for his his retroactive number one spot, which is just ridiculous. Well, I thought I thought it was crazy that I'm looking at the charts now. Nothing off that album is on it. And yeah, it's I only think, two or three weeks old. Somebody described a DJ Khaled album in a tweet as being. When somebody has, apparently Tyler, the creator, liked this comment too. It's like when somebody has on a fucking terrible, terrible outfit, but everything they're wearing, each piece is like designer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good, that's, that's like, and kind of like me being a little kid with the wrestlers analogy where I'm just like picking out like my favorite wrestlers, regardless of whether it would actually be a good match. Right. You know what I mean? Like stylistically. Who wants to see Ric Flair fight the Ultimate Warrior? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> or who I, I wants the, to like see? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. See the thing though that uh, I'm a little curious about at this point, especially since we started to uh, hatch a conspiracy theory last week. This this news adds to it, and that is uh, the secret influence of Wesley Snipes, because that store that I mentioned, formerly, uh, I don't know, formerly. By some people. other name in uh, in South Philly and South Broad is now called Snipes. Huge sign in the window for this album. And the deal is, you pay $3.50, you get a digital download of this album, and you get 10% off your purchase. So if you're buying more than $35 worth of shoes, and if you're buying, like, you're buying shoes, you're paying more than 35 bucks. Some people are making, even be more interested in whatever the product is alongside this thing and they're getting the album like as a bonus like they don't even care about the album so much is that what we're understanding here yeah, or they pay are they paying a digital i would say a digital album usually runs around 9.99 or something mm-hmm. so are they paying like 10 bucks for whatever this is like for instance like the energy drink that he was selling because like there were companies the, the marketing company was actually encouraging people to buy multiple copy multiple drinks and it would it would it would pad the album sales this, this shit is crazy. Like, when are they all just, when is the, this is what the billboard charts are based on, but at some point they're going to have to just like kind of really respect the streaming model as being how these things chart. Like this sales stuff is getting kind of ridiculous. Like, it's yeah, not, I think, yeah, I think the whole, it's obviously like at a really transitional point for the last two years right. because for now they, because the post Malone thing happened, which was like a thing. A snippet. 
Yeah, and a, that, mu- like, a snippet music video that to, catapulted right. the song to number one, right? And it was on YouTube. And I always say, like, YouTube, this is the way, like, young kids listen. Right. Who don't have that 10, YouTube $10 is the number a one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And and what it's counting is, like, the same way I would listen to a song on a tape over and over again, you know? Uh, that's factoring into, like, kids listen to a song on YouTube. Every, you know, when you're a little kid, you're like, oh, I love this song. You listen to it 10 times a day. And that's counting as a play where, like, when I was a kid, I probably taped the song off the radio. Right. And there's no way to account for that. So it, is it legit? Is that a legitimate statistic or is it weird? You know what I mean? Like, how to factor that I mean, that it, this in. is like a last couple of years thing. I would be yeah. interested to see in the next, like, five or six years how it averages out and mm-hmm. how these songs and their chart actually reflect the f- r- actual real popularity of things moving forward. You know? I think yeah. it is interesting that it's uh, it's shifting over more to what people are listening to than what people are buying. Right? Yeah, because even you know even uh, you know go back however many years, and uh, I'm sure that you know if you were to look at the most popular songs on charts versus what people are actually actively listening to, there's mm-hmm. probably a lot of discrepancy. Yeah, I, I but I think. From a DJ perspective, it really is throwing everything off because, like, dude, look at the charts, man. It's like insane. I, I just oh, they're just up. the the charts like, are so much more. Uh, uh, all right, so short lasting yeah, old, old Town Road, which, despite our, can we have a podcast without mentioning it? Nope, I don't think apparently not. Eight for eight. I mean, it's the number one song in the country, right? So you have that bad guy, Billy Eilish, number two, Eilish, eyelash. Good song, good song. At the right time, you could drop that shit. That shit, that shit is actually like number two on. That's number two. Wow. Oh yeah, and it's been up there for months, number three. Dude, yeah. Talk, Khalid. Right. Good song, slow joint, but it's right. a good song. Um, this I don't care at Sheeran Justin Bieber song. I will not play this song unless it becomes this. This is it's the most boring. Already song forgot to me it in the exists. World. Yeah, exactly, exactly. At this point, I kind of have had a uh, a low busy reaction to it that I've tried it a few times. No one and, cares. Uh, yeah. 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 But they don't care. Apparently, it's the number four song in the country. Right. Sucker, Jonas Brothers. Okay. So there's always some weird song. You get your weird song, pop song. You know right, what I right, mean? Right, right, right. Wow. Post Malone. Still, huh? Seven. Still. Sunflower. Spider Man verse. Into the Spider Verse. This is Billboard charts? This is today on <laughs> Billboard. Sunflower yeah. with Spider Man. Billboard verse. Hot 100. Okay. Now, not- okay. Finally, number eight. Big fan of the show, Shug the baby. Oh, that makes sense to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. That I can do something with that. Number nine, Dancing with a Stranger, Sam Smith and Normani, a night ender. It's cool. Okay, I've I've gotten a not familiar with that song. Yeah, it's it's like it kind of it's a vibe of um, Just Hold On, We're Going Home. Okay, Sweet but Psycho, Ava Max. Uh, my, my girlfriend loves that stuff. It's yeah. uh, it's a very I don't know. Two- all this stuff seems to make sense to me so far. It's a very two thousand. Toxic era type song, sure. 2011 pop. Um, yeah, I'll play it on the. I'll Great. play a main floor remix. Great hook. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's sweet, but she's yeah. That's girls like they're like they're like that's me. I'm sweet. I'm like yeah. like it's one of them. Like it's like Relatable. they call that the uh, the fortune teller syndrome, where you just say something kind of general that doesn't really mean much, but everybody thinks you're talking about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, horoscope. Yeah, yeah, the hor the horoscope syndrome. Where are the City Girls act up on, on the Billboard chart? Okay, I want to know. Question. Because that song is the, I think, That's currently the, the song hottest in the song in the club. Uh, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Number 28. All right, at least it's within the 
Top 30. Top 40. Pop Out Polo G, 22. Press, Cardi B, 16. What are they calling their hip-hop chart now? Is it urban? Is it? Yeah. Well, what? there's there, there's variations. There's like, uh, there's um, like hip-hop radio play. It's uh, It's 420 right now. Really, all in case anyone happened to listen to this exactly in sync with the time that we started, and are compensating for our editing, <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, I was in a good mood driving in here today because I had the new 107.9 on. That station is old head tastic. Oh yeah, old head fabulous. I talked you guys Saturday night when they were playing Funk Box Party. Right, right, right. Um, I didn't know what station. Mm-hmm. That was that was that's like their weekend show. They go Funk Box Party, Chumpy Scale. During the day, it's all hee hee scale barbecue beat, and it's like Jesus Christ! You think they're listening to this podcast? Oh my just god! Just making a radio well, station based around the shit that we're talking about. I mean, I came, I I got in the car to drive here. They're playing Gap Band early in the morning. <sighs> That's a good one. And then so they go in. Then up. they then they surprise me uh, with yeah. cheek with cheek. Everybody dance, do 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 do, clap your hands. Like I never heard that on the radio. Right, I don't right, think right. you know. Like that was I was like, ooh, they're finding the cuts here. Because 105.3, that's like the classic old head station. Right. That's like mom in the cubicle listening to like Aretha Franklin or like Patti LaBelle and shit like that. And they'll play the the cameos and the and the like the super high hee-hee scale rankers. Right, right, right. But um, this one was going a little, goes a little, a little deeper. more below the surface. Yeah, or just a little more variety. I'm sure. You know what this sounds like, though? I mean, I don't know if they're uh, if they're playing music from this particular era I'm thinking of right now. But um, uh, this this might be another one of those instances of uh, an entire radio format that is just ignoring one of the great architects of their whole uh, pantheon there, which of course is uh, the great Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Are we we're going in? Are we going? We're going to discuss this already. That was quite a segue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hearing that, and I'm like, oh, this is we've researched and prepared for this very topic it's pretty amazing like yeah yeah basically uh you know there's just this guy named bruno mars right who uh yeah i'll actually say djs may be familiar we had a uh retirement party for my mom this weekend hot Mm -hmm. damn and uh i was there with my uncle he's uh in his early 70s and i made a playlist made a playlist and uh this guy bruno mars was on there and when it came on my uncle uh, there's a song he has called Uptown Funk. I don't know if anyone's heard that, but it came on and my uncle looked over to me and he said, I like this guy, Bruno Mars. He's good. You know? So, uh, it kind of makes you think like th- his impact from all ages yeah, to little kids to 72 year old uncles. They like this guy, Bruno Mars. Yeah. yeah. You know- his, uh, his, his impact. It's, uh, not often talked about. But uh, it's very, very deep and very significant. You want to know where his impact is probably felt the most? Like, in your lifetime, how many artists really make music that is played and popular at weddings? Not too many, but Bruno Mars has, like, five wedding hits at right. this from, juncture from of his what career. what I just described, right? Yeah. Like, it's something that a little kid to to the... Uh, <laughs> I got this in the back here, because... Uh, this is the most irritating song ever like in in, in it's in one way but at the same time i don't care if you're like some <laughs> crust punk hanging out on south street with your dog 
or you're like, you know, 72-year-old uncle or a six-year-old kid yeah. or just somebody that like listens to like house music. I don't know. Whatever it is, wherever you are, this song is going to come on and move you it's gonna somehow. Be, it's going to be hard you're gonna, to resist. It's going to be hard to not tap to your toes at the very least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you might even find yourself turning around doing weird kind of like, you know, moves that you didn't even know. <laughs> a spin move? You, yeah, you spin, might, you're going to throw a spin move exa- in there? That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. You might even just, do finger guns at the end. You might. You might spin and then do a finger guns at like in like a jokingly flirty like, way at like a 60-year-old woman. It's like all and of a she's sudden, be like, you, oh no, honey. you close your eyes and you wake up and you go, I am Michael J. Fox at the end of the secret of my success. Well, actually, I have just become this character. When this song was out, I said, this song reminds me of something that would play during a Michael Keaton film where he wakes (laughs) up to surprisingly find that a million dollars has been deposited in his bank account and he needs to spend it by the end of the day. You're convoluting so many different... (laughs) This this shopping montage? Yeah. This is what happens. This is what's playing while he's spending the money. He goes in and he puts on some funny glasses and someone gives him a thumbs up. And he's like, and then he looks at the price tag and there's like way more than he would ever pay for funny glasses. But But he takes it. He's got to spend the money. Uh Except he's also, as all this is going on, uh, a wolf man. Wearing sunglasses already, buying more sunglasses. There's a wolf. Just the, the Michael Jackson, or, excuse me, Michael J. Foxen. Michael J. Foxen. Oh, speaking of good mashups, <laughs> we're on a state comedy stage here. I'm a fan of the uh, bad mashup. Like I come up with like Sage Francis, the Gemini, <laughs> or UB, <laughs> E40. A bad comedian mashup I just thought of was. Uh, Jamie Foxworthy. <laughs> if, someone, <laughs> if someone who wants to make that meme, like combine that, one of our fans who's good at Photoshop, you might be Django with. You blame it on the alcohol. I'm, yeah, I'm not familiar enough with Jamie Foxx's routines to, to match them up with. You might be a redneck routine. <laughs> oh man! But uh, I don't think he mixed up his routines as much as you mix up some of his uh, his characters, like Ray Charles or Django or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, in any event. Yeah. Yeah. Back back to this guy, Bruno Mars. Yeah. 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 A lot what, of people. What, I. So correct me if I'm wrong here, Mike, and let me, aren't there a lot of artists from the past that have been ripping off Bruno Mars? Isn't that kind of like what's something that's been happening? Yeah. 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 I mean, if you uh, really examine uh, music and uh, the the structure of where it's come from, Mm -hmm. um, time being a flat circle. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as as time doesn't exist. Yeah. The influence runs really deep. And if you just look at, Bruno Mars catalog, you can see all the different. Yeah, yeah, and we we've prepared some selections uh, to illustrate these points. You don't say. Well, Uptown Funk itself has what, what, that's influenced. Yeah, so Uptown. He he he's got sued for that, right? Like from a few people for Uptown Funk. I mean, he should be the one doing the suing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it really, really. I mean, it, it doesn't. It you know this legal system of ours. Low-key, it makes I was no happy, sense. I was definitely happy to see. Uh, uh, Robin Thicke and those guys get sued for from Marvin Gaye's. Estate. Yeah, I couldn't. Be- I couldn't believe that wasn't attributed. Like, right. what, Like the first time I heard, it was like, oh, that's cool. They redid the Marvin Gaye song. You know, right. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. it was. It wasn't even like a second thought to me. You know, what I mean, it's like this is clearly got to give it up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was that was. I thought they deserved to not make a penny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, one instance of that where uh, Bruno Mars just felt really. Uh, gracious and really wanted to uh give the gap band a, a leg up 
oh yeah on uh you know their their catalog that uh i mean mars had clearly influenced and so he he graciously uh you know extended a songwriting credit to one of his great disciples the gap band uh charlie wilson Mm. yeah one of the probably one of the main songs he probably got through kanye you know that's how oops upside your head This is a this is a, this is a funk this is a funky tune right here. There's a lot of Gap Band Gap Band uh, bit themselves off. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? like like you hear one Gap Band song and you, like three others pop into your head. <laughs> like I'm just like early in the morning just popped into my head. I'll be honest, I don't know if, how much they bit Bruno Mars. Up down. Funk, yeah, yeah, Up, chant, down, the chant, funk, the chant wise, chant wise, yes. Yeah, the, the chant. Yeah. That's the thing, Bruno Mars is, and they did, uh, like, extend so far, it, it's just certain elements sometimes, and you can't quite pinpoint. Can okay. you, uh, perhaps play live versions of everything else that we, uh, <laughs> go through today? Yes. <laughs> All right, we got another one here. This is, uh, was not was. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is classic Bruno Mars ripoff material yeah. right here. Everything about this song screams, we love Bruno Mars. Yeah. It also, I remember back when this came out, oh. there was a TV show called Denver the Last Dinosaur that I used to really like. Yeah. It was just about a hip I, skateboarding I kind of dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. And it just used to make me think of that uh, TV show. So I really like this song. They, uh I love this song when I was we a lad. kid. Yeah, I love this song. Little little bit, I, but I knew nothing about Bruno Mars, the original. Boom, pro- boom. The progenitor. This is like a total like 10-year-old boy song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hopefully this song coincided with your dinosaur phase. It was, it was in there. Yeah, yeah. No, last night I was... Uh, I was doing a lot of talk about the Archaeopteryx and uh, realized I have known how to spell that very complex word since I was probably four, four or five. Um, were you that, was, that was the flying dinosaur. Were you a spelling bee kid? I wasn't, but I probably could have been. Yeah, good speller. Alright. Yeah, this song's not as great when you get a little older. Yeah, I kind of... I kinda, uh... Just I like, haven't heard it in a while, and I just realized I didn't really miss it too much. No, I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. I guess it doesn't have quite the same energy when you're growing up. And when when you lose your dinosaur. Well, you know what I what I remembered about this song too is it wasn't a song I heard a lot. No, I felt like it was, it was a pretty, song like was, when I heard it, it was special. You know, it, like it didn't get super heavy rotation. And I remember seeing it actually on like a trip to Disney World. There was like a they used it in something when I was like twelve or something. Yeah, you know, and, which, uh, I was like, "Oh, it's that song. I like this song." But yeah, it was kind of never that pervasive that you included it in your all your uh, throwback memories. Of, right. You know? True. True. You, I don't know if you have it in the playlist, but I just realized the entire Blues Brothers movie is somehow very much influenced by a Bruno lot of Mars. 80s movies. Yeah, <laughs> just mm-hmm. vibe. It's a yeah. vibe. <laughs> it's a vibe. Yeah. This one here. This is uh, "Young Girls" by College. Excuse me, by Collage. Not the, uh, not the early 2000s synthwave group. And not DJ Kalaj. No. He, he, nor he, Kalij. Kalij, we the second best. I don't know if I know this song. 
I don't know if I've lived this 80s movie montage yet. Yeah, this is another one of those uh, those artists who, uh, you know, when they released this back in the 80s, Bruno Mars threatened to sue them. I feel like this was a B-side <laughs> on the Mannequin soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Man. It's the same Mannequin writers. 2. The theme from Mannequin 2. Mannequins. Have you ever heard I mean, this, this song before, Joe? I've never heard this it's, song before, but it's definitely been uh, yeah. influenced by the by Bruno Mars. It might have been. It might have been on top of Bruno Mars and Walk the Dinosaur. I don't know. That's a little walking in the sunshine right there. Clearly, Bruno Mars is um, the song you need. So you don't need you don't need Walk the Dinosaur. You don't. You just, I don't know why they tried to improve right. on something that was already perfect. Which was uptown. When you were at this uh, this function this past weekend with the family and everything, mm. did anybody mention to you that Bruno? Did they? Did any of them hear the song that Bruno Mars did with the Gucci Mane in them and no. Kodak Black, the song about smoking till he was no, high no. and drinking till he was drunk? Because I feel like that they wouldn't approve. They might. Well, no. Here's the thing. It might knock him down a few. My sister and I were discussing the playlist. Right. My mom likes Bruno Mars, but my sister put in quotes. She only likes the nice Bruno Mars. That that's exactly that, what she was referring good boy, to. Yeah, bad yeah, boy. I believe yeah, yeah. I believe there was no bad Bruno Mars until that very song. No, no. There was another Bruno. No, even at the beginning of Treasure, it goes you sexy motherfucker at the beat, like just unnecessarily. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not even part. Like if you play Treasure, there's a robot voice at the beginning. Baby squirrel, use a sexy motherfucker. There it is. And now it's just the nice song. Yeah, that was unnecessary. That was completely unnecessary. I've only ever played the DJ edit version of it that has like a little little intro there, so I've legit never heard that robot yeah, in my life. Yeah, I think I I um Well my mom's heard it and she didn't like it. Yeah. Huh. Why would yeah. The, the good Bruno Mars, not the bad right. Bruno Mars. Right, right. But I also think like he probably I think on some of the other album cuts, like he probably is like explicit with like sexual uh talk and whatnot. Alright, so there's this uh this anthem we are all probably decently familiar with, but uh maybe not so familiar with the songs it influenced, such as uh Right. Breakbot. Oh. Can we use this as a moment for me to discuss the dorks that were bugging me to play br- this song Saturday night? <laughs> tell us more. Do tell. These ignoramuses who don't understand the evolution of music. Right. You could have just requested Treasure by Bruno Mars. Yeah. The original. Exactly. Yeah. The better. And I probably would have played it because I was playing the normal human beings. Alright, so first the guy comes... Okay, so obviously this song really, really bites Bruno Mars. <laughs> like, really, like, really. It's really hard. Did Bruno Mars sue these guys or no? I think so. Because he should. Yeah. Now this song definitely this song definitely highly influenced Midas Touch. Yeah. I hear you're going through some changes. Everybody, all right here with me. I got the Midas touch. Yeah, that's that's melodically well, so what, what, very. What happened similar. this weekend though when they uh, when they wanted to hear this? 
All right, so first this guy comes up to me. I'm in the pocket pretty well. In the zone. You know? Yeah, it's, it's good. It's not insane, but the room is mine. The well, room. while this is going, I'm going to I'm gonna switch it over to Midas Touch here so we can hear mm-hmm. the uh, which is a- the Bruno Mars influence influencing Breakbot, mm-hmm. Breakbot influencing Midnight Star right. so we can track this whole thing. And uh, So you're saying, Mike? Continue. Yeah, so uh, I'm rocking it. The room is, the room is mine. Dance floor is having a good time. And one, this kid comes up to me and he goes, What do you think the chances are of us getting some four on the floor disco? And I went, It's not that kind of room, man. And he went, Okay. Then his boy comes up and he's like, Can you play Breakbot? Or no, can you play, what's that song called? Be My Baby or something? Baby I'm Yours. Baby I'm Yours by Breakbot. And I was just like, No. I was like, they don't, I was like, honestly, man, they don't, like, this crowd doesn't know that stuff. It's not really that kind of night right now. And here's the thing. This is, this is my problem a lot of times with requests is like in the moment, I can't really think of the song that they're talking about. So I might be a little more dismissive instead of, you know, I think that's a fine answer what I said, but had I known it was that song, then I might've just been like, I'll play Treasure, Bruno Mars. But I just heard Break By and I connected it with his boy who just requested Four on the floor. Did disco? you at all have any flashback to guys at Armand's asking for breakbeats and yeah. that meaning a wide variety of <laughs> right, things? Right, right, right. Yeah, and he said breakbot, and I was like, I was like, no, man. And he's like, dude, they they'll know it. I love that. Right? <laughs> when they try and tell you that you uh, are, they know as much about the crowd as you, and because it's popular in their cipher that the, this whole room will. Not what year did that Breakbot song come out in? That's the other thing too. It was like 2011, dude. It's not like you're bugging me to. Uh, what year did any Breakbot song come in? Right, right, right. right. Yeah, like as soon as you said the name, I was like, all right. Well, it's not. It's, I don't. I'm not aware of anything new that they've done. Right. And um, I'm not gonna like ruin my dance floor to play some random new disco song from 2011. And uh, 2010. Yeah. Okay. Even uh, older. Right. Even older, but not a, you know, well, not my, a nostalgic older. My whole thing with that, too, and I just said this to the, like, the light kid next to me, like, he's, like, super young, and I, I, I kind of just always, like, was the, he DJs, too, and I always just kind of dispel random, like, little DJ DJ nuggets on him, and oh, I'm yeah, like... Yeah. It's like Papa video. Yeah, and I'm just... And I just look to him, and I go, if you're that into music, you should know what club you're going to. Yeah, where you, know you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The situation I don't is. know where you would hear... Breakbot in Philadelphia on Saturday night in 2019. I don't know anyone who's doing that. On a Saturday night. Yeah, on a Saturday night. Maybe a weeknight theme, like, you know, Barbary style. So, okay, as this was going on also. Time for a plug. We, well. (laughs) uh, Hey, Breakbot guy. (laughs) I I know where you could probably go to hear this on a Saturday night. Michael. So yeah, I'm 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 pretty open with my genres. And as this was going on, and <laughs> I Mike was going to send them over as to Mike you. was complaining about this over text. Yeah, it's like somebody just requested Breakbot at Voyeur. Can I send them? Yeah. Can I send them to you, Fluff? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I totally you would have you would have obliged. I I would have. See, yeah. that's cool. Partially. So so and you partially because it was Pride weekend and uh, kind of like how how living in Philly, there's this sort of kind of like vacuum effect of people moving to New York. Because New York is so close to Philly, mm-hmm. Tiki being so close to the epicenter yeah. of uh, Pride, of Pride, it was a little slow. Oh, okay. All right, well, listen, I have personally experienced 
the Saturday night fluff at Tiki yeah. experience. And that's right in and the it is, it is It is a dangerous place. <laughs> it is reckless. The fact that I walked into that place, and I'm going to remember this for the rest of my fucking life. I walked in, first time ever walking into Tiki, it was a Saturday night, and I walked in, and Fluff was playing, and I told you before, I walked into We Built This City from Jefferson Starship. Starship. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. No <laughs> Jefferson. Just, just Starship. Just Starship. Yeah. And lose the Jefferson. Built- <laughs> Isn't that what Justin Timberlake and, said and, in the movie? And, and then it was the Jefferson. And then the, he had this the part of we built the city where he's like on oh, rock and roll. And then there's some effect going on that made it climb and climb and climb. And then it's like white noise. And then there's brown noise. And then there's a couple of explosions and a fucking bunch of stuff flashing and going crazy. And then the next thing I heard that fucking guitar riff from Money for Nothing. And then, and then and then somehow right on the break of money for nothing that turned into cardi b's i like it like that and then i was just like this guy and the crowd was just like somebody came up and requested something and somebody else in the crowd pushed them away and was just like how dare you interrupt this man right now he is he is doing he's, he's in the doing zone. god's work so he's the, in the zone much like a devil sticker yo exactly yes. he literally had two sticks keeping one stick up in the air for so goddamn long damn it was I wanna, incredible. I want to experience it. Was, that. It was so, it was so, it was no. so like, it was balls to the wall. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. And when it. I sent that text, I wasn't joking. I was like, oh, they yeah, should yeah. be there or they should be at Frankie Bradley. You know what I mean? They were yeah. kind of like college dudes. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but that's the, the, you know, whatever. Funny request experience that I had in that same night. Uh, you know, it was, it was a slower tiki night. Uh, everybody was off doing pride. And uh, I had somebody come up. And be like, could you play fish? Ooh. And there are, uh, you know, most of the requests that I get, I will, uh, you know, try and accommodate or I'll just be like, I, you know, I might get there, but it might take a little while. Like, I'm, I'm generally accommodating, but that was a flat out no. Yeah. And she was like, why? Well, like, I don't even know not, what the jam would be. It's not DJ music. Yeah. One, I don't know what the jam is. Two, I really don't Aren't like them as a, a concept. of 24 minutes long <laughs> Three, or something like like it was, it was probably one fifteen, and I was trying to play more than one song yeah. for the rest of the night. Right. Uh, but I just found it really funny that I, I flat out rejected that, and then we're trying to close a little early kind of vibe. Like I literally played Enya and that Sadness Monk song. Oh, the Gregorian chant. And and yeah, and she was and she was still in there, but I just you know, and I don't know if she had these thoughts as well, but. Me saying like, that's no, not I'm not going to play that. That's not DJ music. And then I play Pure Moods. <laughs> wow. Oh, you just could have just told her it was the new Migos song. She's, yeah. It's hard to delineate. She is somewhere right now talking to a coworker about this awful man from the weekend who would not play her jam band music. Yeah. And the coworker's like, thank God, because I'm so tired of hearing you talk about fish every day at work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just go on tour and don't come back. Make grilled cheese sandwiches, whatever it is you got to do. All right, all right. So, uh, so, so back to uh, back to the architect Bruno here. Ah, the God, he's a four foot seven Filipino oh, God. Man. One, two, three. Oh man! Hey, uh, this is like Sting heard this and he was like, "Well, I guess I know what my career is going to be like for the rest of of, of time." Now yeah. Sting was like, "Let me get contemporary and just hook up with Shaggy, and we'll hit the road, and everything will be fucking brand new." I did actually see a uh, during my research a Sting and Shaggy interview where Sting was asked 
both of them were asked about Bruno Mars, and Shaggy was just fanboying, being like, I took my son to see Bruno Mars, and we were in the third row, and it was great. And Sting said, like, ah, yeah, I like Bruno Mars. But he really like, didn't I like his give songs. him his, He didn't really say how much he liked them. That he was yeah, yeah, he did not. He a bunch of songs that he, sounded he just didn't, like this one. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe he's still a little ashamed. Can I talk about one of my favorite playing the police out at a party moments? Fuck was? yeah. Uh, I was doing a party in New York, and I believe oh, through it. I think it was uh, the captain. Oh, and, uh, yeah. shark! Yeah, yeah. All right, this is like trouble and bass. Yeah, guys. but before, yeah, and it was kind of like a whatever party. And then I guess Tanila gets on the mic. The Coke man showed nuts. up. The, the 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 Coke man showed up, or something happened. But that vibe went off. And it got live as fuck, and I was playing Bombs Over Baghdad, mm-hmm. and them drums, the breakdown in the drums, and I come in with, like a castaway, how did I And everyone went nuts for fucking message in a bottle, dude. It was like one of the best, like, out of nowhere mixes. That just, bombs like, Over Baghdad. Like, out of Bombs message, Over Baghdad and the message in a bottle, and it was like an explosion. I was like, this is this is a good night okay. right here. I mean, man, if everybody heard that, it just speaks to the world peace would get achieved. <laughs> it just speaks like... to the universal appeal of uh, Bruno Mars. Really. And I hadn't even heard of Bruno Mars yet, too. That's like that was my fault. That was my bad. You know, yeah, I'm out yeah. here playing the police, not knowing that there's a song called uh, "Knocked Out of Heaven" that's better, probably than "Bombs and Bag Over Baghdad" and "Message and Put Together." Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So it wasn't just the uh, the mainstream huge Bruno Mars hits that went on to influence people. Uh, kind of like uh, Velvet Underground, everybody who heard one of these smaller songs, I think, uh, formed a band. But here's another one. This is uh, Show Me. Right. This went on to a, this was like a whole genre. This song went on to influence a whole... Like, Practically a whole country, yeah. really. Dude, there is nothing better than Jeff Fake and Ray. I don't know this song. No, it's an album cut. It's a deep cut. It's from the album with Treasure on it. Yeah. I only know the hits. What do you there think, are so many hits. What do you think is the biggest song that, that stole the song style? Um, I would definitely say Pass the Duchy from Musical Youth. I picked Pass Me the Duchy also. This is one that, that Mike pointed out. Yeah. I think I just felt like I just felt like singing this song when I heard it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I couldn't hear. But I, I liked your past the Dutchy suggestion too. Yeah, this is Willie Williams' Armageddon Time. And here's Past the Dutchy. Now. This song might technically be older than Bruno Mars is. Like, the song itself might have been made before he was born, but that doesn't change the fact that his song still came first, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. It's weird. Like, we, we already established that time is a flat circle. So I want to say this I, song is from I think the worst thing a listener could do is to get caught up in dates and years because 
you're only going to get hurt. Yeah, yeah. I was actually, I was listening to an Alan Moore interview, like, on the ride down here, and he's talking about how he has this theory that you pretty much, in terms of uh, how the universe works, uh, time is kind of the same thing as space. It just kind of exists and is kind of an illusion. And instead of being reincarnated or anything, uh, you're pretty much just living your same life over and over for eternity. And uh, if you look at it that way, I mean, I think there's, yeah, probably, uh, you know, everything kind of all existing at once. You know, obviously these artists figured out a way to listen mm-hmm. to Bruno Mars. Yeah. And uh, so Bruno were Mars affected is, and changed by it. Bruno Mars. Oh, my God. This is the conclusion. Bruno Mars is the three-eyed raven. Is that mm. what we're saying? Yeah. Pretty much. Of music. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why the writers of Game of Thrones couldn't have included that and explained. I mean, we watched seven seasons for that Sheeran, kind of payoff. But no Bruno you know? Mars. That's probably what was going to happen in the more episodes that they had to cut. Or maybe actually, you know, they're doing the prequels. They still have a chance. So a lot of things. Maybe so, he was see, the Zap, first man. Zap and Roger stole this part right here. If we can go back to that whole vocal, vocoder thing. Yeah. It was like Peter Frampton, obviously, and then Zap and Roger. But what you, this song influenced a lot of people. It did. This song. It's kind of hard to pinpoint them all. What did you have lined up? Uh, well, the first one I did have was. Uh, yeah, Zap and Roger. Yeah. Two artists. So this is just Zap, uh, who really built their entire catalog off that one mm-hmm. intro to that one song. I don't know. Were we, did you guys hear anything else in Uptown Funk that uh, you know carries influence elsewhere? Twenty four. I do have. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Twenty four carry. I mean, uh, the whole West Coast funk lowrider, cutie pie, one way. That is uh, the next one here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, 24 Carat, the, the list of songs that it influences kind of goes on forever. Yeah. But there's another Atomic song. Atomic Dog. There's a song we play a lot as DJs that I think never, I don't know if we connect them a lot. I think sometimes you might play them together. There's a song by Bell Biv DeVoe you might have heard of called Poison. Is anyone familiar with that song? Oh, that's the old Yeah, yeah, it's got the drums at the beginning. I always thought it was pronounced Poison. I've never heard it pronounced out loud. Poseidon, I think. It was originally about Poseidon. What is it they say about large gluteus maximuses? Apparently, Poseidon had a large rump. Okay. And he was not to be trusted. But He often smiled. Okay. And this is a cautionary tale. Jesus Christ. Which is why I kind of, you know, forgive it. In terms of its clear biting of the Bruno Mars song finesse. Sure. Yes, yeah, so you can hear it right here. Yeah, yeah, the drum, the drumming. And he even had Cardi B years, like decades before she became popular. Cardi B was on that. Yeah, this song, this song, this song influenced a lot of TV themes too. It did everything living Carson color. Werner. Living Color theme song, Heavily Diddly 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 D with the bum diddly diddly D. In Living Color. And uh, what was the Different Worlds theme song? That's that's a that's, oh, a, that's a happy Oh, uh, yeah. 
Queen. It's Queen Latifah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing the Cardi B part. No, Different World was like a sing song. Like, it's a different world. You would play that Living Color theme song? Yep, yep. This is this really bit Bruno Mars. Oh, 100%. It's almost they were like, we need to do like a Bruno Mars song. That song Finesse. So it will be the perfect intro to our, our sketch comedy show. This, wouldn't you say the whole of what they called the New Jack Swing? Like, is there any guy in our playlist? Because I feel like maybe all of it was ripping off Bruno Mars. Oh, yeah, time. oh, yeah. Everybody yeah, that sure. aligned with the New Jack Swing movement. Mm-hmm. Including Keith Sweat's I Want Her. I Want Her, definitely. A lot of uh, Bobby Brown, Every Little Step. Maybe some I'll Be Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've discussed his influence on uh, you know all sorts of things here, but he had Cardi B on this song, and her her little uh, set of bars there did also go on to influence some things too. Uh, just oh, that verse. from the proximity mm-hmm. to Bruno Mars, I believe, uh, such as opposites attract. Oh, listen to that! That is Mars Guinness. Fuck. Dude, this is when you want to do the whole Bruno Mars sound, but all you have is one uh, 1988 Triton keyboard. This is after you're just a little too old to walk the dinosaur and you want to talk to girls. You're a cool cat. Mm-hmm. Paul Abdul doesn't really uh, get mixed into the retro throwback pop classic set as a DJ much does it? No, no, I've been trying Yeah, because I I did have that realization at one point and uh, uh, I play Forever Your Girl sometimes Uh and people like it Uh, but uh, she had bangers man but I feel like the time's passed to bring that back I I feel like the time maybe would have been 10 years ago 15 years ago but come on at least like every day she gets to go home take off her hat and her shoes and be like I made a hit song love Sky Cat I made a hit song with with a cartoon cat. Yeah. Nobody else did that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, something that I really appreciated when I was, uh, I think I was trying to watch a bunch of the kind of like early animation, you know, integrated with yeah, like live action yeah. stuff. Because you used and, to. Because that was it, the Roger, you know, that was like a little bit after on, Roger Rabbit, right? right, right you went right. on tour to see the California Raisins, right? Didn't you go to multiple shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually booked it, and that was right around the era where I booked a whole tour around uh, MC Scat Cat's tour. Yeah. So I could see him many times. What was that lineup? It He's was playing. California Raisins, MC Scat Cat. And McGruff the Crime Dog. McGruff he was just the like, Crime he Dog. He just did like a, he hosted, right? He hosted, He was the yeah. host, and he kind of did like these weird PSAs, and he was like, all right, come on, dude. Like, we already had Smokey the Bear. And as we everyone was leaving, he would make sure that they weren't too drunk and stuff, and they would take a bite out of crime and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, actually, after that tour, it did inspire McGruff the Crime Dog to release a uh, cassette of songs. I don't know if you all have heard them, but uh, there is one that, that sounds exactly like Steely Dan, but with McGruff singing. Like, for real. So it, Steely it, Dan bit McGruff the Crime Dog? Yeah, yeah. All right, man. This yeah, and that's really just like a, like so so many degrees removed from Bruno Mars, but yet still. The fact that you actually know about McGruff the Crime Dog's album and you're this is amazing this is why you're the the greatest podcast engineer in, in the <laughs> world yeah here it is oh Jesus do you believe when they tell you oh man this is about avoiding getting pedoed right 
Like, what is this? Don't listen to strangers? Oh, you'll see in the chorus. There it is. Oh, God. Real friends won't quite a cautionary tale. Yeah. This is more of a warning than Poison by Bill Biv DeVoe. This is kind of like a Steely Dan lyric, right? But oh, it's, totally. It's just in a different voice. Yeah, no, it mentions uh, it mentions Fools, which is a really big uh, the, the Yacht Rock qu- staple. The Cuevo Gold, the Fine Colombian. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check out this McGruff album. Oh, it's it's got it's got some bangers. There's some synth pop on there. You know, we don't have time to go into the whole right. thing here, but wow, it'll be in the footnotes of the show. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it was it was brought up on uh, the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast. I know it's a little weird to talk about one podcast on another podcast. Yeah, maybe but an unwritten you should rule. Give it credit if that's but yeah, that's it, that's yeah. where I found that. Mm-hmm. There's an artist known as um. James Brown. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Uh, he he made so much music that sounded like this one Bruno Mars song called Perm. And I think it influenced him so much that he, he actually got a perm, and it became a big part of his look. Yeah. Was to, uh, can you hear Can you hear the... Um, how, can you hear this influence, James Brown? I, knew, I think it's a little I, subtle, yeah, but yeah. you can kind of pick up on it if you listen really hard. I mean, I always wondered what was like at the root of like that sound. Now, I realize where he, where James Brown got his influence. Yeah, we should probably get so, towards the end of this list here, but uh, yeah, there's a new song that Bruno Mars has that is somehow influenced like a lot of R&B singers from the '90s. Um, Please me. Mm. But I think like the biggest influence influencees of that song are would be canceled now. I think R. Kelly stole a lot of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, uh, that style. There was also in general. Uh, clearly, Michael Jackson was very influenced by a lot of this. Stuff. Oh yeah, all over. All yeah, over. definitely. Yeah. Well, we can. I think. Yeah, you can just mention that and let people know. And you know, if they want to look, that's look at that in their can, own project. Yeah, they they can uh, make that choice for themselves. Yeah. We're not going to make it for them. True. But um, we always talk about Michael Jackson's music. But would it be here if it wasn't from Bruno Mars? We'll leave that for you to decide. And does that mean that Bruno Mars is really the one that's the most guilty in this situation for setting this whole thing off? I don't know. You know, you as a listener, yeah. let us know what you think. <laughs> Freak me, baby. Let me lick you up. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaking you, you from silk. Stop silk. Yeah, silk yeah, freaking. Yeah. yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, they definitely heard "Please Me" and we're like, we need to hit the studio right now. Especially when that chorus comes. Let me lick you up and down. I, I, thank God. Bruno Mars influenced 90s R&B like this because it is it has never been the same after this era I feel like you had a little bit of Trey songs a few years ago but the slow jam it just does not exist like it used to am I right or is that just old wait 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 hold up yeah dude that's so Bruno Mars right there for the listener that was just a moment where everyone was Tightly closing their eyes, doing the Mamma Mia hands. Really feeling that. 
And I think everyone listening was doing the same thing. At yeah. least I hope they were. I don't know how else one would react to it. But yeah, do you is the slow jam still does that still exist? I mean, the biggest slow jam of the past year was definitely um Boot was up boot? from yeah. LMA. Right. Yeah. Which is actually like eighty some BPMs. It's not you know it's, it's a little it, more you're saying it's, it's a little more and it's little, clearly, got a little more little more movement to it than something And that it's clearly, clearly like going for that. You know, I feel like it's definitely going for that vibe as a part as it's just, I guess like the natural it's evolution just, would maybe be like, it's just that it's so slow and it's soup. They're super like, there's no uh, innuendo. It's very much like, I'm going to put my penis in your vagina. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Speaking of the R&B songs, there is this song that's at the end of 24 Carat and, uh, me and Mike were talking about this last night and just thinking about everything that this influenced is mind-boggling. Every line is like a different song it reminds me of and as I'm trying to think of it, another one comes along that reminds me of something different. That intro reminded me of like Chicago. Peter yeah. Terror, yeah. Gloria Love. Yeah, and I yeah. spent, I think, an hour last night trying to figure out what exact song that reminded me of and it's really just like, half, it's, it's like Police. Uh, that song really just influenced a, a good chunk of Chicago's music. I thought you were going to say you spent an hour last night listening to Chicago and crying. But, I mean, I was crying while I was listening to it. Right. Hard for me to say. I'm sorry. Like Michael Jackson used that build up. Don't you remember you told me you love me, baby? Luther Vandross, right? Mm -hmm. Earth, wind, and fire. Yeah, yeah. After the love is gone. Yeah, yeah. And there was a bunch more. So basically, the conclusion that we can come to is that essentially a lot of the past um, owes itself to every little part of Bruno Mars's mm-hmm. catalog. Yeah, you don't have you don't have a lot of music without Bruno Mars. Right. That's in summary. God damn, this is a good song. Everybody needs a little time away. Thank you, Bruno Mars. The debt that we as a society owe to you is immeasurable. Yeah. Uh, Can we play a fun game where I go back to this date in 2004 and see what was charting? How about we go to the year that Bruno Mars was born? I wanted to. I wanted it to be more in terms of when we were all still DJing. Oh, true, true. And and just kind of like we can find out both. (laughs) We can. I still want to know what was number one on the day that Bruno Mars was born. So he was born on October eighth, nineteen eighty-five. What day is an eighth? (laughs) It's right between the eighth and the ninth. So it's June fifteenth, two thousand nineteen. We'll do June fifteenth, two thousand four as a fifteen-year difference. Oh yeah, because we were. were, I was DJing at the five spot. We were were doing our thing. We we were were working at Armand's. Yeah. I was trying to put together the G13. Because I call this the uh, number one Usher burn. A slow jam. Speaking of slow jams. 
number two. <laughs> okay. The reason by Hoobastank. <laughs> uh, shout out to Hoobastank. Yeah. Shout I've been out, saying this shit's been going shout on. Shout out to uh, Rob from Hoobastank who follows me on Instagram. Okay. He's Singer. a fan of the memes. Uh, I don't want to know. Mario Winans. One of my most hated songs of all time. <laughs> I hate that song so much because the idea that that this is yeah, the most simple, just, fucking yeah, pathetic, dumb. fucking loser song that's ever playing existed. Dumb. But I remember we were doing a what a uh, what a piece of we what were, a loser when we when this was out. We were doing one of Roxy's parties in New York, me and Wes, and uh, I I don't know if it was playing. Someone might have played it earlier, and uh, I had the same thought as you because we probably had this conversation. And I and Nick Catchdubs was there, and he was like, "Dude, you just gotta let it in." He's like, "Just let it in." Just the beat, and I and and I, and I don't hate the song anymore. In retrospect, can you listen to the lyrics and not get no, upset I know, at the man but, singing but, 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 it because but, he's such a loser? But it, sonically, okay, I'm not, sonically, yeah, sonically, yeah, yeah. I was never mad at it. Yeah, I'm yeah, just saying yeah, like, yeah. no, I the, know what you're saying. Yeah, you're saying you're, like, dude, like, is okay with his girl cheating on him. He just doesn't want to know about it. What a fucking because his asshole. heart can't take it. But okay, so number four, Naughty Girl, Beyonce, still play it. I still play it often. Um. Number five, Usher Confessions. Really, Usher was running it. Okay, number six, yeah, Usher. Wow, One of the he really was fucking murdering the charts. Mm-hmm. I would say that the charts in 2004 are more relevant today <laughs> that, than the chart today. That's why I did this yeah. exercise, because I knew. And this is mild. And this is 15 years ago. Number seven, Overnight Celebrity, Twista. Wow, that's a great hmm. song. That Twista's songs have not... Aged as well as they should have. Uh, this, so, but this top got ten is still a little eight, eight. If I ain't got you, Alicia Keys, an R and B song. But look, notice the the hip hop and R and B. Not everyone I've mentioned besides Hoobastank is a hip hop or R and B artist. Right. You know what I mean? And not Post Malone. This love Maroon Five number ten. But I missed number nine, which was Roses by Outkast. Mm. Damn, the charts were a lot more fun back then. Huh? Number eleven, Freakalik, Petey Pablo. We go, we go into 40 here? Number 12, All Falls Down, Until It Gets Whack, All Falls Down, Kanye. Number 13, Slow Motion, Juvenile. Number 14, Move Your Body, Nina Sky. Number 15, On Fire, Lloyd Banks. Number 16, Tipsy J. Kwan. All of these songs are... You can still play. Yeah, that's crazy. Then we get Evanescence at number 17. That's still... But then what, you, then but you what get Evanescence 18, what Evanescence My Immortal. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. 18, Jesus Walks. 19, uh, at the time, Happy People, R. Kelly. Meant to Live by Switchfoot. I, I missed that boat. Uh, and then you start getting a little here and there. You got Dirt Off Your Shoulders is in there. Now you're getting Avril Lavigne, Britney. But you made your point in the first yeah, 15 right. songs you mentioned. There like 14 of them were hitting. Mm-hmm. Like still to this day. And that's this 15 is, years ago. Yeah. So <laughs> the day that Bruno Mars okay, was born. Okay, so the day that Bruno Mars was born, the song that was number one was Dire Straits' Money for Nothing. Wow. So even Jesus you've been Christ. influenced by Bruno Mars. Time yeah. is the flattest. Yeah, see, so circles. so that was you know that was what was going on, so, and then he was born. But then the chart came out the following week. So you wouldn't be after DJing he was already him being born. After he was already alive, the week <laughs> after he was already born, it was uh, ready for the world. Oh, Sheila, goddamn great song. Yeah, song. and that's that's what changed with his presence on Earth. Yeah, yeah, because they definitely seem like. They knew he was here. They, yeah, this is their welcome song. Amazing. I kind of feel like I'm surprised Bruno Mars hasn't made the song that influenced this song yet. You know? Is it just because he was busy being born that 
I mean, this song, this song was definitely like, oh, you know, wanna be friends. Oh. God, yes. You yeah. know, more, you know, than anything. It's one of them things like in the Napster days, it was like mistagged as Prince. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and there's something about Prince that somehow escapes being the only artist not influenced by Bruno Mars from the past. Prince somehow was able, James Brown, no, not so lucky. Everybody else, not so lucky. But Prince, I think somehow avoided. He's truly an original. Yeah. Shout out to him. As of now. Yeah. That could change at any minute. <laughs> I can't believe the money for nothing thing. That's so crazy. But I, I think we should wrap it up now. Yeah, I think so. I think it's about that time. What are we plugging? Hey, uh, this Friday, Drake night at the uh, the Fillmore. Let's do it. Philadelphia, oh. come through. Uh, I'm chilling this week. I mean, I'm going to be working my normal spots, but after last week, uh, Pride Fest was an unbelievable turnout, and I was seriously working like 20 hours this weekend. Uh, and it so was you don't all have any, like you know, super high energy. You don't have any pride left. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I got, I got, I got it left, but it, my pride is in chilling reserves. But pride, I, pride I just reserves. agreed to DJ tonight <laughs> in, during this podcast. So oh, yeah, our work go. is never over. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm at. Uh, I'm at Tiki for for sips through the rest of uh, sip season. So there's that on uh, on Wednesdays four to eight. Catch me playing everything from Bruno Mars to Dire Straits at Tiki on Saturdays. And uh, also, my eight-year-long watch at time. Finally uh, coming to a close this Friday. I'm switching over over to just being there once a month. What's going to be your last song? Probably Natasha Bedingford, Unwritten. (laughs) Closing time. I just had a vision (laughs) um, when I, if I ever, like, just stop DJing um, out of like frustration. I, like, I don't want this to happen, but if I'd ever happen, like I just grab the mic and I go, fuck y'all. This is, here's Al City Fireflies. And I just drop that shit and walk away. And everyone's just like, what happened? But I kind of just want to play Al City Fireflies under happy circumstances too. It's a great song. <laughs> yeah. It's an anthem. It's like a personal anthem. Right. It's a pocket anthem. Went on to influence the entire Postal Service catalog. Right. Exactly. <laughs> if you enjoyed the episode, make sure to rate us on iTunes. I think there does stand a strong possibility that very soon the reviews from fans will outnumber the reviews from us. If left for ourselves. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't leave any reviews. Oh, you fucking killed me, dude. You like you were you it was like taking a kid to Disney World, but like taking them to a burnout warehouse and saying, oh, Disney World burnt down. It's the dentist. Santa Claus is not real. Santa Claus is not real. That was messed up. All right. We'll, uh, we'll catch you all next week. Look, guys. Somebody gave us a review, and it's just like what I imagined. Hard. Hard. Hard, y'all. About uh, 25 of which have been thrown into the booth in the last three minutes. This is really fun. Well, you see where I'm doing the game, don't you? Yeah, about six feet back. I'm way back behind the wall here because three have already hit me in the top of the head. I had uh, an abscess tooth and had a dental appointment last Monday that didn't last this long. You can see uh, where we are, and then right below us, a group of about six or seven. Here comes another one flying out. Watch it, David.
that Philadelphia wins 20 to 10.